Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Surley, and I'm here with my partner Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. In particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. Daiwa. They have what you need for every application at every price point. There is absolutely no reason for you not to be using Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can get a free app for WeFish ASA if you're using iDevices if you go to the Play Store. So listen on the free app. doesn't get easier than that. The podcast is always available at our website, WeFishASA.com. WeFish ASA is recorded by Dave Kranz and Steve Sarley at two separate studios in Northern Illinois. We send the audio down to our executive producer, Mr. Brad Nearman, down in Land Lakes, Florida. Hey, Brad, thanks for everything you do. He mixes up our audio and makes it sound as good as it does. On today's show, we visit with Dan Johnson from St. Croix. A little uh, spinning versus bait casting discussion between Dan Johnson and Dave Kranz. Then Dave's going to bring on uh, one of our guys. We really like this fella. 16 years old, BFL champion. My goodness, it's the first 16-year-old angler to win an Angler of the Year in any circuit ever. 16 years old, uh, he's going to tell you about what he's done so far. This guy does nothing but win. Man, oh man, I can't imagine by the time he's 10 years older than now what he will have accomplished. Trey McKinney is the real deal. And I get to talk to uh, the one and only Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall. Crappie Fest coming up. The big crappie championship is happening. Be interesting to talk to Wally Marshall. But first, let me hand off to uh, Dave Kranz. Yeah, hand off. It's football season. And then he can uh, take the option and either throw it or pass it. I got a funny feeling he's going to uh, pass it to Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Here you go, David. Take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and weekly, they bring us Dan Johnston. How you doing, Dan? Doing good, Dave. Thanks. Well, we're, uh, boy, we're, we're pushing fall here. Summer's ending. Leaves are turning. It's uh, kind of a great time of year, but, um, you know, we, years ago, in the bass area, the guys would never use a spinning rod. The walleye guys did, the panfish guys did, you know, other applications. But um, spinning and casting, people will come to my retail environment and say, what's the best rod to use? And I don't think there's the, a right answer, is there? Yeah, you know, speaking on behalf of St. Croix, we're the United States' largest rod manufacturer. And uh, we can speak to experience and knowledge in this area for sure, because we make a lot of both. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I would, I would really take it from this level, Dave. You know, it, it, this it, there's nothing it, with nothing can be all or nothing in fishing. There's always gray lines, and there's always exceptions to rule. But long story short, let's explain it this way: the spinning rod or spinning reel 
the static is uh, the spool is static the line comes off it the bait caster the spool turns as the line comes off it so we can obvious immediately think that spinning reel delivers light line beautifully the drags are beautiful on them a lot of the rods are designed for light line beautifully, but they also handle heavy line really well, too. Baitcaster is, generally speaking, other than this new craze called bait finesse, um, there's, generally speaking, it's designed for slightly heavier line, like 10-pound line and up. They're extremely accurate. Uh, you can control your distance from point A to point B better with a bait caster than with a spinning reel because you can just literally put your thumb on it to stop it. So all that aside, really, Dave, with all species, I'm talking about walleye, crappie, largemouth, uh, catfish, there's, there's definitely room for both. Um, as long as we understand, you know, when we want to use a spinning versus casting and the certain things that go with it to make it successful. And I like your first uh, opening comment there that the spinning is handles light line beautifully, uh, and and that makes a lot of sense that you're throwing the smaller baits to, and not necessarily just like the live bait, but the, you know small tubes and Ned rigs and things like that, even uh, Senko and even even some. Uh, Topwater applications with spinning, you guys develop some glass rods that are spinning that I absolutely love. I use the smaller uh, topwaters on it, and they cast them a mile, and, that, and that's by design, isn't it? It is, and, and, and I, I would say line flow off the reel is where spinning reels excel, and you certainly see a lot of them in salt, too. You know, if you're throwing a circle hook with a live bait down in the ocean, 99% of that's done with a spinning rod if you're trying to throw it anywhere. Now, if you're just chucking it out a couple feet and freelining it down, that's different. But if you're trying to cast something and deliver it, the line just comes off it so smoothly. So you can think of the obvious advantages. It's it's more than just light line, but certainly it's smoothness off the reel. Um, and another thing I would say, and this is this is obvious, but the reason I want to state it is because it matters. Your spinning rods, the guides are below the rod blank. The bait caster, the guides are on top of it. So if you let's think about ultra finesse. Let's say we're working something with four pound line. Obviously, if your line's hanging below the blank, just laying there like a feather coming off that spool, the drag is right there, everything's underneath. It's just everything's built for feel and touch and finesse and not only just not just for castability. So it's important to understand that. But boy, I'm telling you, there are times without a doubt. I, I shot a TV show a while back uh, out in uh, Lake Powell in Arizona, and I could see down like 30 feet. And we were using down to four pound fluorocarbon, you know, and scenarios, scenarios like that, um, there's advantages. It's important to understand what outfit is going to handle that kind of line better. Yes, absolutely. Now, you made a comment about the uh, the guide placement on the casting and the spinning. On that blank, is that uh, guide placement determined by where you want to put them because of that? Or is that blank have, have a, a, a bend or a flex to it that they have to be put in a certain area? Yeah, St. Croix finds the straight edge, Dave. That's a great question. We should do a podcast on that. That's yep. a very good question. A lot of people talk about the spine or the spline in a rod. St. Croix, other than real heavy boat rods that pretty much pick up an elephant, we don't find the spline on a rod. Basically, we find the straight edge, and we look at the rod bending opposing to that. So if we, yes, rods want to bend one way really well, but think about this. All the different angles of casts that we throw, sidearm, overhand, underhand, if you just find the spine all the time, it's not necessarily beneficial to somebody using light line or lighter baits. That straight edge becomes very important. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and uh, that's why I asked it, because I wasn't quite sure of, of the exact answer there. And so thanks for explaining that. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot more to it than, than that, that. And we could do a full podcast on it. Uh, the, one of the problems, and you've had this at retail sporting shows too, they come in and they want one rod and I'm going to Canada and I want to fish walleyes and smallmouth and muskies, you know, and they can't do it with the same rod. But is there, is there something because of the lines that we have to choose from with between the monos and florals and braids is, is there, I know there's not one rod that can be used for everything, but if somebody's looking just as a not technique specific or bait specific, which is what the manufacturers seem to want to sell now. Uh, is there a rod that somebody could use that's an all-around good choice? It's a, that's the one of the best questions probably ever asked in all of our podcasts, because I get that asked all the time, and I'm glad you asked it. So if you had one rod going to Canada, and let's say you wanted to catch walleyes for dinner and smallmouth bass in the morning and then go throw some real light northern pike stuff, believe it or not, I would recommend a spinning rod, like a 6.6 six medium, maybe even two-piece spinning rod with and buy a reel that has two spools. Mm-hmm. And then I would put like light braid on one of them, and then I would put much heavier on the other one because braid is such a strong line and carbon fiber absorbs it so well that you could light pike fish, smallmouth bass, and walleye fish with that one rod. Or if you go into a bait caster, you're much more limited throwing like an eight-ounce walleye jig. So that's a great question. And I I would err on the side of a spinning rod for one rod sent into some uh, guy or gal going to Canada. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the braids have allowed us to do that because you you can get a 10 pound diameter braid that is the strength of 40 or you can use a four pound diameter which is the strength of 15 and with the two spools or you know th- that gives you that opportunity to switch it up and change it and you're yeah you're, you're fishing a technique that's uh, the rod's probably a little heavy for one and a little light for the other but all around the a 6.6 medium could could handle it and i like the two-piece especially if you're you're uh, doing a canoe trip or something like that or you know easy to put on an airplane and uh, less chance of it getting broke in a shorter tube that type of thing so um that that's good too so uh thank you for that answer the um bait casting though since it's heavier lines is probably geared in many cases more towards some of these heavier techniques like you know punching and frogging and and carolina rigging you know like that so um is, is there if you're trying to do a bait casting rod that is going to do multiple techniques, what what would be the action for that? Because we got them seven five, you got them, you know, you got medium heavy moderates, extra fast, you got mediums, you got medium lights. There's so many different ones. If somebody is trying to do the same thing with a bait caster, um, but they're not going to fish for you know the light stuff. Maybe they're not. They're, if they're going to throw anything for walleyes or smallmouth, it's going to be a lure and maybe quarter or three eighths ounce. What what would be the answer there? Yeah, it's real clear on that one. They're the number one selling bass rod by far in the country, by far for all manufacturers, including St. Croix, is a seven foot to seven foot one inch medium heavy fast, period, end of discussion. Now we can go a little longer, a little shorter, a little lighter and heavier for the vast array of the, you know, 50,000 bass lures you and I have in our boats, Dave. And I get that. That's why we have 30 rods that we when we pre-rig to go do something when we don't know what we're going to be doing. But... That that one rod that's just a must-have is that one because you can do so many things with a seven-foot medium heavy as long as you mess with your line and the rods are so light anymore that that's that's the one that every bass angler out there has to have. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and being in the retail game, I, I know how many medium heavies I sell in in that uh, seven foot, seven one range, seven two. Uh, but the um, yeah, but I think a lot of the things have changed. Uh, materials of rods, how light, light they are. So you think that power of medium heavy, but the rod doesn't feel like a pull cue. It's 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 uh, it's very light compared to what we we fished with twenty and thirty and forty years ago. Um, so so it makes that. Uh, an advantage, and also the the lines, the braids have have changed the world of uh, probably rod manufacturing. Correct? Yeah, that's what makes it so fun. I mean, you talk to somebody at a sports show or in your shop or whatever, and they're looking to go bass fishing. We can very justifiably talk about five different rods that can make people successful bass fishing, and all each and every one of them can be justified for a array of applications to give you an advantage on the water no question i mean and it's that's the fun part of it is for and i could take it to a whole nother level on spinning i could talk about 10 rods somebody could justifiably have and people are probably rolling their eyes out there but we should do a podcast on that one break down what rod length power action deflection for certain applications and really get weedy on it i think it'd be really entertaining for people we will keep that uh, in the back of our minds and and possibly do that in the future and uh as always, I definitely appreciate having you on the show and enjoy talking and learning with you and uh, from you. So, uh, you know, we look forward to next week. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. Oh, excellent. That was Dan Johnson. He's uh, here brought to you by Syncroy, the best rods on earth. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, ready. sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say that the uh, people I get to interview on this segment have a passion for the outdoors, and uh, the next young man I have on certainly does. We have had him on the podcast a couple times before. He has fished some high school tournaments, won some national championships, done well in a lot of different levels, but... Uh, 
I'd like to reintroduce Trey McKinney. How you doing, Trey? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing good. So uh, this year, earlier in the year, we had talked, and you said that you were going to try doing the uh, Illinois Division uh, BFL uh, to, to see what it was like to compete with, with the uh, the guys that have been doing it for a long time. Most of the BFL divisions have very experienced local fishermen, as, as you know firsthand. But, uh, uh, boy, you, you won uh, – Anglet of the year and and won the last uh, championship tournament and uh, you know tell us a little bit about that what what division or where you're at what lakes you're fishing? Yes, sir. It's the Illini division for the BFL and really at first, like I said, it, it's a big step. You're fishing about all them guys. I mean, it's not. It's kind of scary. I mean, you don't want to. That's just the thing. I don't want to fish something. You. Don't, I mean, I, I want to have a little bit of a chance. So I was kind of nervous on fishing it i had never fished some of these lakes that we went to and i've heard they're pretty tough and everything and i took up my first one it was on Rin lake and it was tough it was like i mean you just kind of went around the bank fished anything it was in just kind of flipping stuff and i ended up third and i was like man that's that's crazy i mean i I never never ever thought i could finish that high and i mean it just kept on rolling from there then i got a fifth at shelbyville and then actually i got two fifths at shelbyville and then at the river the river killed me and I fell back in points, and I, I really didn't know if I had had enough chance to make it back. Because I mean, once you stumble, them guys are pretty—they're really solid fishermen, every one of them. And Scott Rice was—I give it to him—he was—he's awesome dude. I ate dinner with him, and he was the dude that was right above me in points. And we always we were neck and neck. Like when I got fifth, he got sixth, and we tied for third actually in our first tournament. So it was—it's been actually unreal on the last tournament. It's a two-day tournament. It's a super BFL, I guess is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was a really I, – I almost had never been that nervous because I knew I had to make up points. Like, somehow I had to weigh in a big sack. And the first day I weighed in 11.7, which, I mean, it's not bad. It was pretty tough. And I was sitting fourth out of all the guys. So I was that was awesome. And the next day I went out, and everything just started to fall in place. Like, it's you know, it's when it's your day, it's your day. And when it's not, it's not. And it's one of them lakes you don't normally catch one on a frog. And I had one in the rod box, and it's one of them things. Man, I, I got a kind of a sketchy feeling about it, but hey, whatever. I picked up out of the rod box, threw out there, and caught one of my biggest ones. It was like five-something on a frog. And most likely, that's like unreal. So I, it just started falling in place, and ended up I had 19-7, had the biggest bag of the tournament. And actually, that's one of my biggest bags personally that I've ever caught in a tournament by myself. So it's pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah, nineteen seven. You'd take that anywhere in the country and and do well with that. What was uh, yeah. where was uh, the championship held? What lake? Uh, lake Shelbyville. Shelbyville. Okay. And then what was the river? The river tournament uh, that you said you didn't do well in. Where was that held? What pool? It was the uh, it's Golconda is where we took off, or basically the river pool, and it's the, basically the Ohio River. Ohio River. Okay. All right. Yeah. So so yeah. So you jump into this at uh, sixteen years old, and you're gonna you're gonna try to do that. What what you said it was a little scary. What was your first year's expectation? What what would have uh, uh, you know as it turned out. You know, you win the whole thing as angler of the year, but um, what was your expectation as far as what would you have been happy with uh, competing with these guys? Because there are a lot of good guys in that division. Yeah, I mean, you know what? After you start hearing names, Duke Jinkle, Dan Moorhead fishing against, uh, you kind of get that feeling like, man, I just just finished in the top quarter, something like that. Yeah. Anytime I finish in the top quarter, you know, it's over a half and it's a wonderful day. Any day, I mean, just just to cash a few checks, maybe even maybe just one check a year, and I would I was just I would have been awesome, happy with that, just fishing against those guys like that, 
And because just starting off, I didn't really know what to expect. And it just, everything started falling in place. Very blessed. And it, we've had an unbelievable year. So nothing I can say. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely awesome. And and for the uh, listeners that don't know, um, Major League Fishing, BFL is part of Major League Fishing, and they have the high school division where they do tournaments. You can truly do a full progression with this. And then they go to the college division, and then they go to the, the BFL, which, you know, Trey hasn't been to college yet, so he didn't fish that one yet. But there's there's high school, college, BFL, and then you go into the Toyota division. That's the one that I do. And then you can go advance from there to Tackle Warehouse and then up to the Bass Pro Tour. So they do have the progression of moving from entry level all the way to the top level pros. And uh, that's one thing I want to ask you. What, what's your uh, future plans? Where, where are you going with this? Man, it's, I, I mean, I, it's so back and forth. I've heard so many good things about each one. And it's just, I, I, I want to just say we're waiting for something just to fall out of the sky, something the Lord just pave us away on which one. Um, I Really, right now, I can't say either. So we're just kind of waiting for something to happen, maybe. Just waiting for something to fall in place, really. Yeah, and see see what happens. And uh, and uh, the nice thing about these progressions from the high school, college, BFLs to the Toyota division, those are not divisions that you have to qualify for. The ones above there are. So at least you can go in and test the water. So you tested the water yes, at the, the BFL division and, and – uh, you know, are you considering moving up and trying to do uh, one of these Major League Fishing Big Five Toyota series? Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, actually, I was thinking about actually moving up. I don't know which one yet, like I said, but maybe next year I might try to fish a few divisions in the opens and see, just kind of, like you said, test the water, see how it goes. And uh, basically, I mean, I'm just the type, anytime I get to fish a new lake that I've always heard about, it's always fun. You're always going to meet new people. That's the thing about fishing. You can never, every time you go somewhere, it seems like you always make a friend. And usually, I've never met a bad person in fishing. So, that's the thing. I, I love it. And hopefully, we can have a good good experience next year and see where it goes. Yeah. And and a, and a nice thing about it at the Toyota level, um, you have so many pros having, I fished that the last four years, having so many pros dropping down from those upper, upper levels. I mean, I was just on a Potomac and Mark Rose was there and Mike Iconelli was there and Brian Thrift was there and Matt Becker was yep. there. I mean, the, the pros that, that uh, Brian Latimer was fishing, I mean, the pros that dropped down to fish those levels, the competition... Um, <laughs> You said it was scary. It doesn't get scary at that that level when you have those guys. It gets real, and I think that's even better because uh, we're all fishing against the bass, and, and it is a, a fun opportunity to do. But uh, yeah, and and you're right. I haven't met anybody bad up there either. They're all good people. They um, uh, they're all living a dream in fishing because they have a passion for it, and it's uh, it's good. So I, I do have a question about uh, the tournament you won here. This last one, what? You caught, you caught one on a frog. What what were the other fish caught on? Okay, uh, mostly, I mean, it, it was kind of like, most of it was shallow water. Mostly, like, I, what I like to do is basically, what I call, I just basically gut fish. I mean, junk fishing. Yeah. And basically, I just, it's kind of hard. Once you get a feel for what the fish are doing, you kind of you see it. You pull in a pocket, and you realize, hey, I've caught all these fish like this, like this, like this. And you look in there, and there's just one place man, I think I can catch one right there, and you pull in there, and then you catch another four-pounder, and then you catch another five-pounder. And it, that's basically how it went. Most of it was just running shallow pockets, anywhere from a Strike King 1.0 to 
shit more shad color anyways and you know it's kind of getting towards fall mm-hmm. and actually i threw a strike king jig a lot well actually my biggest on strike king jig um actually i even threw more it kind of got tough the first day when i caught 11 pounds so i had to drop down to eight pound line katsu cigar and mostly i would throw just like a little finesse worm anything like natural colored anything like that and most most of my quality fish were mostly caught on the jig and a frog the last day okay are you throwing braid on the frog rod uh yes sir it's a 65 pound smackdown stealthy gray okay uh cigar so yep no that's uh you got to do that for that for that frog and so no that that's excellent now you said it's getting towards fall but we've had an unusually warm fall or late summer so yes i'm gonna guess your water temperatures probably were 80 or more yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing. What with this is, it's kind of getting. I don't know what it is, but they're starting to. They're just the shad's starting to get back up in the pocket, stuff like that. And the water fluctuates a bunch with this, and so anything that would have been good in the water, like if you'd have had more water on this stuff, there's no telling how many you could have caught. But like the first day between my co-angler and me, we probably caught 15 keepers, and for that lake is really, really well. And I mean, they weren't giants. Like I said, I had 11 pounds. He had eight pounds. But um, the second day, I mean, it just felt like it was a little tougher, but the bigger fish were biting. I bet I only caught probably eight keepers that day, but I ended up having 19 pounds. So it was, it was definitely a blessed day, but no, it was good. And for the frog, it's most likely my favorite frog. I'm starting to love it now. I tried it from scum frog, launch frog, and I don't know what it is about it, but I love that thing now. I've done fish with everything like pro anything like that and I'll, they just get it so good it's like a it's a really soft body and it walks really well and that's probably now my overall favorite anything like white or black for me i don't really throw anything every once in a while i throw blue go color but it was on black excellent excellent and uh uh let's not let this get away you you have some sponsors let's make sure you get a chance to uh mention them Yes, sir. I, I mean, all all my sponsors, I couldn't be here without you. Um, Charger Boats, of course. Love them to death. This is my second one now, and I couldn't be any more happier. And anything, like I said, Cigar Line, St. Corey Rods, and a lot of our local sponsors, uh, Little Tractor, Farmer State Bank, um, they're, they're the ones that basically push us forward. And they're, it's, it's been really well. And thank you to all my other sponsors, Gator Guard, Lithium Pros, anything like that, St. Corey Rods. So that's... um. It's unreal where it's gone, and hopefully the future's bright, and we're just got to keep on, and hopefully the Lord will bless us on our path, on our journey, almost. Absolutely. Well, at 16 years old, it is a uh, it is a bright future because you got a lot of time, and you uh, you know you'll have a lot of opportunities going forward, and uh, we definitely know we'll have you on the podcast in the future, and uh, look forward to uh, following your path and your career, and uh, uh, and I think you're going to do great. Do you have any uh, last comments you'd like to make? Man, it's hard. Um, that is one thing about all the future anglers out there. I mean, I'm not I'm not really speaking from a, a experience, but I'm telling you one thing. Like you said earlier, it's you versus the bass. I mean, that's how it, that's how it always will be, and that's how it is. And uh, no matter who you're fishing against, yeah, that's I've always been in. Like I had a partner, and every time somebody would come by, you're always worried about what they have, what they have. And I mean, I've always said, I mean, it's all right to check and see how they're doing, how everybody doing, but really you got to focus on you, focus on the bias, on how you can get the next bite, what is your highest 
percentages on what you can throw to get the next bite. And hopefully that will advance and many people well. So basically that, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, we appreciate trade, uh, and we'll, we'll have you on again. Thank you. Uh, that, you too, that was Trey McKinney, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I am Dave Cran, Steve Starley is remote, and the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait-and-tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. Dave Kranz, my partner, is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericanfishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional, Please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by going to asafishing.org. Big event coming up, man. It's If you're a crappie fisherman, this is the Super Bowl. Uh, nothing bigger than Crappie Expo and the huge uh, $250,000 uh, crappie championship being held in Shreveport coming up very, very shortly. And who better to talk about that? Uh, you know, if, if you were going to talk about the Super Bowl, you'd want to interview Tom Brady. If I'm going to talk about crappie fishing, I want to talk to Mr. Crappie, the one and only Wally Marshall. Hey, Wally, how are you? Hey, how y'all doing up there? Everything's good down here. Doing okay. You know what? It's it's always doing good for you, Wally. you you got a positive frame of mind. You're always happy. You're smiling. You have a good time. Well, I'll tell you what, Crappie Expo was a dream of mine five years ago and it it's just exploded and uh the crappie expo exists of all the crappie fishing manufacturers that design products for today's angler and what's cool about crappie expo the crappie fanatics can see all of the 2022 products at the crappie expo before they come out on the shelves next year at the stores and they have a chance to purchase look 
enjoy the concerts, enjoy the world's largest crappie fry, and also have a chance to win $10,000 cash on Saturday and Sunday. We're giving away 10,000 smackaroos. <laughs> and you don't have to catch a crappie to win the money. Well, I, you don't even have to catch a crappie to do that. You just have to come to the show. But we are having the Red River Shootout, the Mr. Crappie $250,000 Invitational. We've got 104 teams that's going to be fishing in this event for trying to win part of that uh Two hundred fifty thousand. First place is a hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars for catching crappie. Hundred thousand dollars first place. That right there will take you off hamburgers and put you on stage. <laughs> and what's so cool about the what's so cool about the invitational? We're having bass anglers trying to get into the crappie tournament, and so Shaw Grigsby, Paul Elias. Skylar Hamilton and Joshua Weaver is going to be fishing in this event with a sponsor's exemption from their sponsors, Favorite, Bass Cat, and Strike King and Lose. That's an interesting, heard, that's an interesting thing to right. do. You heard it right. Bass fishermen, major league fishing bass fishermen are going to be in the Mr. Crappie Invitational. Well, that, you know what? I look at that and I say, that's great. And I think it's great for, for publicity. I think it's great for promotion. Uh, I, I'd love to see Shaw Grigsby, Shaw Grigsby catching crappies, and I'm sure he can. But because you can catch bass doesn't make you a good crappie fisherman. It, it, it's like apples and oranges, right? No, a fish is a fish is a fish. Oh! Today, with LiveScope and everything that's out there, with the 360 Mega, uh, the new Hummingbird Mega Live, ain't no, can't nothing hide, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if, and, it, and if they can cast, they can catch them. And I guarantee it, them boys know how to cast. Yeah. Because I, I imagine it's not like uh, it's not like all of a sudden you're you're out fishing for redfish or something which you may not have uh, ever gone fishing before. All all these guys have caught crappie at one time or another. I'm sure. Yeah, once a fisherman, once once a professional fisherman, always a fisherman. And and hundred thousand dollars wakes people up. <laughs> I got my you attention. Know, cash, cash is king. Yeah. You know, and so these guys are really uh, excited about coming and fishing against the top 100 crappie pros in America uh, at the Red River Shootout. And if folks want to check us out, it's at crappieexpo.com. And they can also see the TV commercial that we're running started a couple of days ago in Shreveport. Uh, talks all about the event. We got concerts every day. We got seminars, professional seminars. We got Jack and Holly Litton from Hummingbird that will be doing how to learn your electronics seminars. We're going to have St. Croix there. Um, Dan Johnston is going to be shooting docks, teaching people how to shoot boat docks. Yeah. And um, we're also got the... Uh, 
Hook and Bullet Sunglass Company, uh, how to be able to see your electronics uh, without polarized sunglasses. Really? You know, if you're using polarized sunglasses, it's polar on polar and you can't see your graphs. Yeah, right, right, right. All of a sudden you're looking at a black screen and you can't figure out what's going on. I, people don't realize that. And so they have a new sunglass coming out on hook and bullet that allows you to be able to see your electronics. And they're going to be doing a seminar at 1230 every day. It's going to be a great show. We got Jason D. Williams for entertainment on Saturday. We got Mary Heather Hicklin on Friday. She's a great up-and-comer out of Nashville. And we got Corey Kent on Sunday. And so we got the best concerts. We got the best food. We got Seth Bond Cajun food coming out of Lafayette, <laughs> Louisiana. And we also have the world's largest crappie fry sponsored by Savannah Hush Puppies, RV Cajun Cookers, Riceland Rice Bran Oil. If you've never used Rice Bran Oil, you need to try some of that. And also... I'll tell you what, it's going to be the largest crappie expo in history because we're in the uh, sportsman's paradise, Shreveport, Louisiana. How many? How many years? And how many years is this now for uh, crappie expo and the Mister Crappie Classic? Crappie, ex crappie expo started in 2019 in Hot Springs, Arkansas. This last year was in Branson, Missouri. And the reason I'm going to these type of lakes is because it gives everybody in the tournament a fair shake because they don't hold crappie tournaments on these lakes and rivers. So we're fishing lot four and lot five on the Red River. Uh, the first day of the tournament is September the 30th at 7 a.m., Come out and watch the weigh-in that day at 3 o'clock. And also on Friday, October 1st, same deal, 7 a.m. launch, 3 o'clock weigh-in. And then on Saturday, October the 2nd, we got Championship Saturday with Chris Jones, our announcer from FLW. Yeah. Chris Jones will be there announcing and bringing in the new winner, of the Mr. Crappie Invitational. The top 25 will fish off on Saturday, and then we'll have the weigh-in at the convention center on the main stage at 3 p.m. What did your anglers have to do to garner an invitation to this? The invitation comes from their participation in the qualifier that we had on Lake Texoma. The top 25 anglers from last year and teams with sponsor exemptions are in this tournament. <coughs> okay, so you didn't mm -hmm. you didn't you didn't have a, you didn't have a hard time filling it. What's what's the format? Is it is it one guy in a boat, two guys in a boat? You can fish it by yourself, or you can fish with a partner. It's seven crappie a day. Total weight at the end of the show or end of the tournament. Wins a hundred thousand oh, dollars. Give me a, give me a, an idea what kind of weight it take to, to uh, cash a check or, or to win this thing. What kind of weight? I'm gonna say first day, thirteen pounds seven fish. 
That's pretty good. Yeah, two, two, uh, that's two pounds of fish, and we're talking crappie, and, and I'm from Illinois, and I, I love crappie, but I think I could fish all day, uh, all week, and, and not get 13 pounds of, of, of crappie. So this is a good fishery with some big fish in it. Uh, and that makes the uh, the the, the way and it's a, it's a live it's a live weigh in. There, you're actually seeing them weigh the fish on stage. They can only yes, it will be live streaming from the Red River South Marina on Mr. Croppy YouTube. It will be live streaming at three o'clock each day from the river and also on Championship Saturday from the Shreveport Convention Center. He, he, Live streaming on Mr. Crappie YouTube. Th this thing is coming up so quickly. Uh, you know, uh, September 30th to the 2nd is the uh, Red River Shootout, the, the, which is the Mr. Crappie Classic, and also then we've got the, the crappieexpo.com, and you put this thing together, and you're in demand, and there's so much, but is it killing you to not be fishing in this thing? What's that now? Right, is this just eating you alive, not being able to fish in something like this? Well, I don't, you know, I would love to fish it, but, you know, I just can't. I'm the promoter. I'm behind this whole deal and uh, put it all together. My fishing partner for 20-plus years is fishing in the tournament with Randy Pope out of uh, – North Carolina, and they came in second last year and fifth the year before. Um, but here's the deal. The Red River has been shut off for a year. You only get four days to pre-fish. Yeah. And that's what makes this tournament the best tournament in the world because we've got anglers coming from Connecticut, Jeff Rose, We've got people coming from Florida. We got people coming from Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Bobcat, Bobby Whitlow from up there in Virginia, and his son. We've got some tough competition going for this $100,000. Oh, I would say so. Connecticut. I didn't even know they had crappies in Connecticut. I'm just, I'm just, oh, yeah. Well, I'm, oh, yeah. They... We're going to talk. Yeah. We're going to talk about crappies in general uh, after we take a break, because there, there's crappies everywhere. I don't know if they're in 48 of the 50 states, but I'd say pretty darn close. And uh, we'll talk about the popularity of, of crappie. A lot of time we get uh, all wound up with with bass, and, and and you forget there's other species, but but there are, and there's an awful lot of people that are tuned into it. Let me take a quick break. We we'll go to our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk to more uh, some more about. Uh, uh, Crappie in general. We'll talk with uh, Mr. Crappie Wally Marshall about the Red River Shootout, Mr. Crappie Classic. We'll talk about Crappie Expo. We are We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. I'll be back with Mr. Crappie Wally Marshall right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube but I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs onto it 
This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. We Fish ASA is back. I'm Steve Surley. Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Don't forget, check us out on social media when you find us on Facebook, and we're certainly easy enough to find like us, follow us, share us. We appreciate all of your support, and we appreciate our guest taking some time out from what has got to be his busiest week weeks of the year. He is Mr. Crappy Wally Marshall, talking about the big Mr. Crappy Classic $250,000 Crappy Tournament coming up, and the Crappy Expo Convention, which has got to be just too cool to see. Why did you pick uh, Shreveport and uh, the Red River? Well, Shreveport is, of course, the sportsman's paradise. The last big event that was in Shreveport was the Bassmasters Classic in 2012. Yep. They had 120,000 people show up to this event from all over the United States. And I predict this year, Crappie Expo will bring in over 60,000 people in three days. Excellent. It's a population of 500,000 in a 100-mile radius. We got commercials running everywhere, but Shreveport picked us to come to their city. And we want to thank Shreveport for reaching out to us, and they've treated us. They've rolled out the red carpet for Crappie Expo. <laughs> They're doing so much, so much advertising for us. It's unbelievable. And also the Red River Waterway Commission. Those folks have been bent over backwards to help everybody with the Mr. Crappie Invitational on the Red River with all the support from all the game wardens and also the police, the state troopers. And, you know, just having it right there on the Red River, there's, there's no crappie tournaments held on the Red River that are sanctioned tournaments. Uh -huh. you know? And... Uh, it just makes it uh, tougher, but, you know, there's a lot of good fish in that river, and I predict it's going to be a shootout to the to the end. Yeah, sounds exciting. Definitely, definitely sounds exciting. Let, let, let's just talk uh, crappie in general. And I said, you know, we get people out or we talk to people, and, and I say crappie, and there's people that say crappy. Uh, does it make a difference what these fish are called to you? Well, Louisiana, it's white perch and blue eye tea and it's soccer lake. 
Sackalay, yeah, I've heard that before. Sackalay is uh, Sackabille for uh, it's French for crappie. I, I, you know what? I've read that so many times, and I never knew it was a crappie. I always thought Sackalay was a bluegill. So you just really taught me something there. I, I think, yeah, I think, yeah. I think that is great. And you know what? I, I would think that uh, we got to go with crappie because. I would never ever introduce Wally Marshall as Mr. Crappy. Not going to do that. Uh uh. Hey, well, it's crappy on the East Coast, but it's all good <laughs> even at the Crappy Expo because we got 16,000 Savannah hush puppies coming, 900 pounds of Silver Star taters, and we've got camp dog seasoning going on the, on the fish, <laughs> and it's going to be the largest fish fry. No, take that back. It's going to be the world's largest crappie fry in America. Come to the Crappie Expo and join us. You, you know, a great weekend. There, there's, if you're a crappie fanatic. There's, there's, there's certain kind of fish you can talk about up north. Uh, if you talk about ice fishing, nobody has any. Uh, uh, any embarrassment to say they're catching fish and and and, and taking them home and putting them on the on the grease. Uh, it's just it's just something it's just something you do. Ice fishermen don't really talk about catch and release. Uh, a lot of walleye fishermen will keep the smaller walleyes. Could you imagine at the Bassmaster Classic if they said, "Hey, come on down, we're going to have the world's largest bass fry"? Oh my God, it'd be riots in the street. Hey, let me tell you what. In some lakes, it probably needs to happen because it's overpopulated with bass. You know, interesting. It does. Yeah, that that's a that's an interesting uh, interesting concept. That the is. The more you take out of the herd, the stronger the herd. Would you, uh, crappie? Obviously, lakes have limits on crappie as far as numbers. Are yeah. there? Are there? It's like each lake, like in Texas, is twenty five crappie a day per man. In Louisiana, it's fifty a day per man. And and the lakes are managed to fit the limits. Uh, they wouldn't let you take fifty unless the lake could support taking fifty. So That's you, you got to trust the DNRs know what they're doing. Do you see? Exactly. Do, do you see size limits anywhere on crappie? Well, the deal with live scope, you're seeing the size limits get bigger in tournaments because of live scope. They're catching fish that have never seen a lure, I, you know. And so, okay, being able to being able to use live scope, you can target the target the bigger fish. But, I, I, but if you're just looking, if you're just looking for eaters, you know, you just catch all you want. A third grader in live scope can win the classic. <laughs> oh, that's scary to think about. Does uh, uh, are are there any areas that have slot limits for a crappie where you can take? Uh, yeah, they must be ten inches long in Texas. Must be in ten Mississippi. They got to be twelve inches long. Check that out. No, it's twelve inches long. Wow, that's a. Uh, that's amazing because I tell you what, uh, you're up in uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, and you're uh, a twelve inch minimum. That's telling me, hey, they wouldn't have that minimum if they didn't have enough of those fish there. And you're you're up in Michigan, and the twelve inch crappies like that's your fish of the day of the weekend. You know, you catch a twelve inch right. crappie, you're a happy guy. I my my I went that's out with exactly my, right. I went out with my. Well, hey guys, hey guys, I'd love to talk to you more. I'm here at the river, and I'm fixed to put my boat in the river and go fishing. Hey, Wally Marshall, Mister Crappie. 
think about this. Uh, you know, this is uh, it's an incredible fish. We talk about bass a lot. Uh, there's as many people or more that fish for crappie that fish for bass. It's it's a great species of fish. Uh, you got a great ambassador in, in uh, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie for the sport. And coming up, he is running the Mr. Crappie Classic. It's the Red River Shootout, quarter of a million dollars in prizes. It's in Shreveport, Louisiana, September 30th to October 2nd. Going along with it is the Crappie Expo, biggest crappie show in the world. It's a convention, hall full of uh, avid crappie fishermen and all the stuff that goes with it. It is indeed the biggest celebration of crappie fishing in the world. For more information, you go to Wally Marshall's website, which is mrcrappie.com. That's M-R-C-R-A-P-P-I-E.com. Go to Crappie expo.com for information on the tournament and the uh, big festival with the entertainment, the fish fry, the crappie fry and all of that. Just going to be a time. My only regret is that I will not be able to make it down there, but I know it's happening again in 2022 and it's already on my calendar. So please let's support crappie expo. And you can watch the live stream on Facebook. Hey, Wally Marshall. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. You keep being Mr. Crappie and promoting the sport. We appreciate everything that you do, my friend. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, which is the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank our guests for today. Dan Johnson from St. Croix. Always excellent. Trey McKinney, 16 years old. Can't believe he's only 16 years old. All he's won in a short amount of time. What a career this kid's got in front of him. And then Wally Marshall. He's no kid, but he is Mr. Crappy. Big, big crappy events coming up. Can't wait for that to happen. See who wins that uh, big $250,000 crappy tournament. I'd like to thank our sponsor, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. Daiwa, they have what you need for every application at every price point. You know, there's no reason for you not to be using Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to download the free We Fish ASA app for iPhones and iDevices at the Play Store. And the podcast is always available at our website, wefishasa.com. If you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or someone you think we ought to have on the show, let us know that too. We love your mail. We answer everything. So get to that keyboard and let her rip. I'm Steve Sarley. I'm here with my partner, Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.